Hey, this is Trey Kay, and this is the Us and Them podcast from West Virginia Public Broadcasting. It's the show where we explore stories from America's cultural divide. We produced a piece that we call Revisiting the Grand Palace, which is about how attitudes toward gay and lesbian people has changed considerably over the last 30 or 40 years, and specifically in my home state of West Virginia. This brief show is a bonus feature that relates to that program. Often we hear opposition to gay rights comes from religious individuals or groups. But there are people who interpret the scriptures differently. When I was growing up in Kanawha County, West Virginia back in the 1970s, people were shocked by an Episcopal priest named Jim Lewis who believed that the Gospels called on him to welcome gay people into his church. Well, they were looking for a place where they could talk about some of the serious things other than at the bar. The bar was down the street from the church where they used to gather. It was known that that was a gay bar. That was it in those days. Uh, but they wanted a place where they could uh, sit and talk. The guy that came to me was a speechwriter for the governor. He was playing the folk mass at the Catholic Church. He knew that if he came out, he would lose both those positions. He, he wouldn't be playing the guitar anymore at the Catholic Church. He wouldn't be writing speechwriting for the governor. That was the 70s. Wouldn't have happened. And they had their own personal problems with one another, where they relate to one another as closeted people. Uh, and they wanted to talk about that in a safe setting. And so the church provided that safe setting. Did you just give them a room and then they went in there and talked? Or did you sit and talk with them? Well, I, I gave them a room. We were giving the room to everybody. I mean, that was my ministry to open up the church doors to everybody. And so, sure, come on in. Uh, they asked me if I'd sit in on some of the meetings, and I said, well, sure, I, I need to learn. I'd be glad to sit in, and I did. Then I began to see some of them would come to me personally because they knew that I wasn't going to judge them, and they knew I had a different understanding of the gospel message, the Jesus message, that wasn't what they were accustomed to and even had been hurt by in the churches that they had been members of. So they, they, they trusted me, and they came to me. And then finally, <laughs> two couples came to me on their own, two women and two men, and said they would like me to bless their relationship. By the way, I, I, God could have given me an easier situation. The women, had, one of them had a child. Ooh. Uh, the, the male couple, one of them was white, one of them was black. Could have been easier. You know, <laughs> it was a challenge. I mean, uh, there were a lot of barriers being broken here with this one. I mean, uh, well, what was the problem with the, the woman with the child, and what was the well, the women? I mean, in those days, you, you see, this was in the seventies. Gay people weren't supposed to be trusted around any children. Some of those attitudes are still with us. Oh my Lord! Now, now I've helped people adopt who are gay, adopt a child. But remember, in those days, to have a couple married. Two women and raise a child without a man, this could be very dangerous. And this, this, was, this was not the way God intended. I mean, that was the way they, they were, we were being told by a strong religious force in this country. So I took them in the church separately, two separate events, and uh, took the service, the marriage service, and I re revised it in some ways so that it would fit them. And we, they took the vows, they kissed, um, and then we had a little champagne or something, uh, and that was it. Lewis says the church's governing committee was shocked, and some of his parishioners 
we're kind of traumatized. Are we going to be able to pay the bills and keep the church open? Jim, I know you welcome these people in, but you know, we may not have a church here if these, all these people and with this gay stuff, this might be the end of the world. The sky may be falling in on us here at the church. This is something that's, you know, we rather, it's better not to talk about it. It's better, and I, like, I phrase it this way, it's better that we keep this in the closet. And so um, we kept it for a while until the story broke in the paper about the gay community with the one paragraph, the one paragraph that said Jim Lewis had married two couples. Well, I did marry them. But you see, we'd have to get into a bigger subject here with this. There's a civil service, civil, civil legal issue, and there's a church issue. Uh, and so uh, I, I did not marry them in terms of the state. And, that, and I, I needed to remember that, that the laws needed to be changed in order that they could have legal rights. But I see I did nothing for the state in this. I didn't sign any papers because we weren't allowed. There was nothing allowed at that point. This was the 70s. Are you still in touch with these couples? What, what's ever happened to them? Well, one of them died. One of the men died. I'm still in touch with one of the men through Facebook. And the women I've lost touch with, I kept touch with them for a long time. They moved to Baltimore, and um, I, I'm not in touch with them now, no. Do you have any idea how long their unions lasted? I mean, did they, did, as far as you know, did, did, were they long-lasting relationships? Um, as far as I know, they were, I mean, it, it, their relationships went on for a number of years after the blessing. Um, it's amazing that they went on at all. They had to hide. I used to think, you know, I, I was married to a woman for 55 years. What would it be? I, I used to think this thought to myself. What would it be if I couldn't take her to a party? If I couldn't hold her hand, if I couldn't kiss her in public, and that's where we were in the 70s. What a, what a hell of a situation that is, real hell. When I first learned of you as Jim Lewis, mm -hmm. when I first learned who you were, you were the guy who married the queers. <laughs> Good. How, how, how did that feel? That was my perception. Does that, did that sting a little bit? Does that feel, how does that feel? Well, whenever you call a name, the, the Christian tradition teaches me this, and I had to learn it. Again, my feet planted in it. Uh, count it as a blessing. You want to call me a lover of queers? I do love queers. Thank you. Thank you. Count and you know that comes right from my scripture, and I had to learn that I, in seminary. I wasn't thinking about that particular. I never think they're going to call me all these names, but count it a blessing and understand that they are calling me that because they don't understand me. When they don't, may not even understand the gospel message if they're if they're yelling it from a pulpit. But I think there's a very friendly attitude here now about gay people in West Virginia, and um, we certainly have our demons to fight. This is not a progressive battle that it's over with and now we can celebrate. It's going to racism and sexism and classism and militarism. They continue to bounce up like demons, and we have to fight them when they come up. And so this, the battle's not over, but I tell you, when I see a headline on the paper that the first gay couple have been married here in this state, the size of that print on the, on the Daily Mail newspaper here, which is a fairly conservative paper, is the same size that you see when a war is over. I mean, the war is over, and you see these big, bold, black letters. I said, oh my God, I never thought I'd see this in my lifetime. They were ready to hang me back in the 70s, and now I never thought I'd see this kind of change. It's been a remarkable, remarkable social change.